Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Raw Football Podcast, this week with me, Josh Wilkinson. Um, and it's been an interesting week for Sunland Football Club and, and we're going to get into all of it. But first, I'll introduce you to who I'm with this week. So we have Ant. Hello. First time debut for you, Ant. How are yes. you feeling? Oh, very, very excited. Very excited. Good to hear. Anthony also, first yeah, time debut for you. Yeah, this Ant-Anthony thing <laughs> might get confusing. It should be fun. Call me uh, whatever you need to, I'd say. <laughs> as, as long as it's not derogative, everything's fine. Uh, yeah, I'm um, excited for the season also. Uh, yeah. Three games in, five points. Yeah. Uh, not be long until we're 100 points. We'll be fine. <laughs> well, just the 95 to go. And then we're joined this week by special guest, Nick Barnes. How are you, Nick? Good now. Good now. Much more relaxed. Sure. Enjoying yeah. the weekend. Good stuff, good <laughs> stuff. So we'll just get into it then. I'm, I'm going to start with you, Nick, actually. It's probably quite a cliche, but a week is a long time in football, and I think the, the past week has shown that. Uh, you're absolutely right. I'm, I'm, I'm no problem with cliches. I use them all the time. Yeah. Um, they're there for a reason. Mm. I, I, it, it, it's Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, if you go back to the beginning of last week, Accrington was coming up on the Tuesday night. They've been the, the, the sort of... The Ipswich game, disappointment, not sure. I mean, it was a point away from home at Portman Road in in the wider context of... I, I look back to last season and think about the Luton game and, and we went to Luton and mm-hmm. everyone sort of was, was a bit down after that, thinking they dropped two points against Luton. But actually, you know, as the season panned out, that looked to be a good point. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I somehow look back at the Ipswich game and for all the disappointment of the first half and, and the fact that it actually could have been three or four down, they could have lost that game. You know, perhaps that point at Portman Road in the long run, it's, it's going to be a good point if mm-hmm. Ipswich are there or thereabouts. Um, but the pressure then was undoubtedly heaping up on Jack Ross. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was under immense pressure going into the Accrington game to an extent because it, it, in a way that was a free hit. Mm-hmm. But you, you knew that if they went and got knocked out of the League Cup, it would still be, you know, everyone would be down again. It'd mm-hmm. be a defeat and... Mm-hmm. and um, and obviously the, the pressure then would have been massive on the Portsmouth game. Not that it wasn't. It was still big. Uh, but I thought the manner of the win over Accrington, I thought, well, that's lifted a little bit of the pressure because it was, you know, they played well. They changed the system. They scored three, probably could have scored four or five. And then the Portsmouth game, well, look, you know, you're going into that fearing the worst. They go one down. At that moment, I'm thinking, do you know, this is just so typically Sunderland. they you know, they, you could have written it. You could have written it that they were going to concede and go one behind. And and I had this vision of the scenario, you know, and they get back and it's 1-1 and everyone's done. But actually, 
credit to them. They dug in, got straight back in the game, lifted the mood. Maguire had to be Maguire, didn't it? Um, <laughs> scores, you know, the second. And yeah, it was nervy the second half because you'd, you'd always aware that Portsmouth could equalise and, and they and unlike the playoff semi-final, they did actually have a go this time. But they saw it out and I just thought, you know, suddenly you could feel the pressure cooker, the lid was off it. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, you feel now that you can go to Rochdale and breathe a little bit more easier again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm just going to bring it back to the Eccleton game. And I'll give this one to you, Ant. What did you make of the lineup? Because there was a lot of talk before of do we rest our strong 11 yeah. um, and save it for the league because obviously we need points on the table quick? Or do you stick with the same 11, try and build a bit of momentum? It was almost like he went with stick with a strong side. Yeah, I was, I was a little bit looking at the team sheet. I was like, who's playing where? The only looking at is, is Gooch going to play left back? And then it was McLaughlin, I think, was playing left back when, when we started off. Um, I was just happy that we were going for the back again. It's obviously five, as much as Jack Ross has tried it out, it ain't working. So we went back to a natural four, and I thought we just looked a lot more solid, a little bit more stronger, and it brought out the best in the strikers up front as well. Mm. And speaking of the formation, actually, I know you interviewed Jack Ross after the Akron game. Um, I'm sure if you, you know, many people have, have heard it. Just going over it again, did you sense some stubbornness almost in the kind of criticism of a back five? Uh, it's a good word. I mean, I think there is. I think. Jack can be stubborn. Mm. I think there is there that he, he does have that in his character. I think he's been I think he's slightly stung by the reaction mm. to the Oxford game and that sort of I think that has colored his reaction down the line. I mean, I think I think it's a situation where nobody likes to be criticized in any walk of life. Whatever you do, you don't like criticism. Jack's very methodical, he's very thorough. I mean, by his own admission he's almost OCD and I think he feels that or he felt that he put all that preparation into to playing the the three at the back, and um, and his you know he said that it's not died in the wall that, that this is the system we're going to play week in week out. It's another option for us. But to me, I thought, well, if it's another option, why persevere with it all through preseason and start the season with it, and then go to Ipswich and, and start with it? And it's clearly not actually working very well. So I think a he was stung by that criticism. B I think you're right stubbornness meant look he wasn't going to be swayed by everybody saying it didn't work against Oxford he was going to stick to his guns and play it again um, and unfortunately I think that backfired on him because at Ipswich it went all so wrong that for all the the, the detractors who have a tick list of saying he doesn't know what his first 11 is he doesn't know what his formation is he doesn't know this doesn't know that they could go down that list and tick them all at Ipswich and give Jack no room really to manoeuvre. So he backed himself into a corner before the Accrington game. Does it? Does he? Does he stick with the three, or does he go to four? Um, and he went with the four. Although even before, Ant said, you know, you wonder about what they were going to play. And I looked at the team sheet. And we're all in the press box saying, you know, you could play three out of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We still weren't convinced that it was going to be four mm-hmm. until they kicked off. But I think because he then went four, he'd obviously thought, yeah, look, it's not worth so we're, we're going that way. But he was it was then tetchy because he, he didn't like the, the sort of the the nuance of that. I mean, it was a straightly like he knew he was going to get asked. He knew I was going to, if it wasn't me, someone else was going to say, you went four at the back tonight. But he clearly didn't didn't like it because it was an admission of, 
you know, not failure, but it was admission mm-hmm. that he got it wrong. And and he's a, he's proud. He's you know, as I said, he's methodical. He's thorough. And I think that's where it touched a nerve. Mm-hmm. And he's you know he's avoided sort of um, you know that issue of formations. And he got very prickly again mm. on Thursday in the in the in the TV and newspaper press conference when he was you know asked about formations. I sometimes worry that, and I don't know what your thoughts on this are, Anth. I think sometimes Jack Ross struggles to. Um, really form a relationship with the fans sometimes because of that stubbornness. I think sometimes if he if he came out and was like, "Listen, it worked for me at Saint Mirren to a good effect," which I can see that's why he's he's doing it. But if he was to come out and be like, "Look, it didn't work. We're Do going it. we're we're going back to a back four, um, and just that kind of hands up. I got it wrong, but I'm going to change it going forward." Yeah, well, I, th- I think um, it's because uh, I mean, you, obviously the fans have a bigger voice these days. So mm. That's why we're all here, isn't it? He, he obviously gets to see what we all get to see as well on Twitter. He gets slated left, right and centre for doing nothing. I have a very unpopular opinion about uh, the Oxford game, actually. I think we started off far too attacking. I think we were more of a 3-4-3 than five at the back. And we were we were so attacking that when, uh, I think it was Dobson who made the, the error in the mid, middle of the park, it went, they, they went forward, put the back of the net and uh, we panicked and we just ended up with about 11 at the back and we had absolutely nothing about it. It's a, it's a good point. <clears throat> Spenner was on about yesterday, if you play 4-4-2, it leaves you much more open. But his argument is that's the risk you've got to take. Yeah. And I think that's fair enough because you know, I think League One is, I think this is another issue that, that Jack perhaps has, has still in a way got to get his head round. This is a League One, we're playing in League One and this is a League One team. Not, the championship, and you're trying to play championship football That's, in League One. I, I completely yeah. and agree. I, and I think I, I, all credit to him for being brave against Portsmouth and going four four two or four. You know, two was it two up front? Yeah, it did make it more open, and it and it, and, and, and the risk it proved it because they scored. Portsmouth scored first, but they got back in the game. Yeah scored two and they could have scored a couple more points could have scored but that's League One football it's much more open and we were having this debate in the week if you're going to play League One football and I'm watching the Accrington game and we're so close to the pitch you're sort of almost sitting on the touchline there you realise you just see how the, the speed of the game at this level you don't get any time on the ball immediately yeah. you're on the ball you've got two players around you and someone's trying to win it up, back off you and you lose it but that's League One you lose it you win it back you lose it you win it back but that's the ebb and flow of League One football and I think that's something that Jack has struggled with. And perhaps, you know, yesterday's game, the game against Ports, maybe now, having addressed that, taken that risk and it's worked, he'll feel a bit more relaxed about playing the system, using that for, and, and playing it at Rochdale, playing it against AFC Wimbledon and being a bit more sort of brave in that sense. Do you and, think they're capable of playing out from the back uh, with a ball at the feet? Um, cause well, I, they think should, that, I think they should be because Willis is a ball player. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the players that sit in front of him are ball players. Because I think um, at 0-0, we look very shaky with the ball at our feet. Uh, passing the ball out to anybody looks. Ter- you see, I don't like the long ball out. Well, like, uh, yeah, we, none of us like the long ball so, either, do we? I mean, I think you know, you automatically you, you're saying you've got to play it out from the back. And I, what what I liked about Accrington was it was um, Power and Ledbitter. Now I quite I was actually would have quite liked to have seen Power and Dobson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I can understand why you know the conservative in Jack probably that would have been a bridge too far. That <laughs> gambling on so many attacks. This is players. what amazes me about Jack Ross though, because. He plays, well, he used to play quite attacking football and, and he's, he's come out and he said, my players are going to make mistakes and that's fine, that's on me. And yet, like you say, he does have this very conservative side of him where he will play Ledbetter, whereas I think Dobson not starting was incredibly harsh because other than, I know the Oxford, Oxford yeah. game, he put a pass wrong 
Um, but other than that, I think he's, he's, he's had a great start. This level. I mean, Maguire got two big passes wrong at Accrington. But, exactly. So, yeah, but Gamble, give a go. I mean, exactly. I, I, you're right. I mean, I, I mean, Ledbit is the, his safety valve, mm-hmm. um, and I can and I understand why he did it because that's Jack and that's how he sets his teams. I had a conversation the week with someone we were talking about, you know, the lead up to the Portsmouth game and and, and the end of last season because there's that hangover from last season, the draws and and that sort of since the Checker Trade Trophy final on the Accrington game where they looked as though they were going to press on, then it all sort of went a bit pear-shaped. A theory sort of put forward to me, which actually I think to some extent holds some water, is the Coventry game, the 5-4 Coventry game. Jack looked at that and looked at not the fact they scored four goals, but the fact they conceded five. Now, the positive from that game was scoring four goals. And I think, right, at this level, you score four goals in a game, it's a a one-off game take that forward into the games you're coming up to the end of the season. Go and score goals, go for attack, go and, and try and press and, and, and win games with, you know, in that manner. But I think he went the other way, and this is the theory was, he went the other way. He got so worried about conceding goals mm. that he sort of went ultra-defensive. Yeah, I think, and I think you know, and you think exactly. How many goals did Sunderland score mm. towards the end of the season? Yeah, exactly. You know? And then they were, ner- I mean, that Fleetwood game, they were fantastic. And then the second half, they were just, a completely yeah. different team. Sat back, sat back, sat back, sat yeah. back, defend, defend, mm-hmm. and and I think you know to a certain extent, Jack mentally was coloured by that, mm-hmm. and there was that hangover not just for all of us with last season and the way it ended, but I think for Jack as well in the back of his mind, it's it's played on him. So that that's another reason I think for his sort of being stung by the criticism, in that he was you know that that has been part of it. But I think, you know, that the, the, the win against Portsmouth, I think it will be a big win because, you know, I said to him afterwards that you've got to bear in mind that Sunderland and Portsmouth could well be top two, top three. Mm-hmm. And to beat one of your big rivals, it, that's a tick, you know, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a statement. Yeah. And they, yeah, they didn't play that well. But you think, well, they've done it, take that into the Rochdale game. They can only get better. Yeah, yeah. I, I think and more if, confident to play in that. I think if Portsmouth play that out tomorrow, though, they'll be nowhere near the top six. I no. think they're absolutely. I think they really struggled at times um, to to understand the like what what was happening at times. They, they were passing the ball out of the back when it was nil nil, and they had all of the ball the first half. And you're looking at it going, they need to start attacking here. And they had uh, they had a lucky break with uh, Mark was breaking through. Uh, a couple of a bit of pinball in the box and uh, well, the it was Power's mistake, wasn't it? Yeah. To, and that set that up. And you're right, Marquis getting the touch to push it through to Harness. Fort, very fortunate. But I like Harness. I mean, he was a handful. I mean, they're best player. They've, they've, he's, oh, yeah. he's, the, oh, he's their new Jamal Lowe, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. That's yeah. why they brought yeah. him in. Yeah. And you can see yeah. that he'll cause problems. Yeah, he's <laughs> absolutely uh, looks like a great player, actually. But I mean, going into the game, they'd only conceded one goal, hadn't they? At Shrewsbury, and mm-hmm. they've been scoring goals. Marquis will get them goals in the long run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, you know, like Sunderland to a certain extent, they're, they're a work in progress because mm-hmm. Kenny's sort of... I mean, I spoke to the, the, the guy that covers them for um, the BBC down there. He said, yeah, look, they, they've been experimenting a little bit with systems. Right. Um, so Kenny's been doing the same, you know, but I don't think he's... He certainly didn't come under the same amount of criticism that Jack did after the defeat at Shrewsbury, which is interesting. I thought, you know, the Portsmouth fans almost resigned themselves. They didn't... There, was, there wasn't the same reaction, right. yeah. from what I can gather, to the reaction that was here to the draw. And that is exactly. a distinct... Hangover from we've we've been at a, the, as as fans we've all been in a high emotional state because of the back end of last season where you know the Charlton game was so devastating and then they were getting beat off Portsmouth in the, tri- the the trophy final I think coming into this season Jack Ross needed a you know an all guns blazing sort of start to well, get the fans I, I, back I, I, on side I think pre season as well was was a damp squib I mean mm-hmm. I look back to last year when they played. 
was it six, five, six games and we were going to St Mirren and Hartlepool or wherever it was yeah. and every game that they played there was always a great support and there was a good, the games were here yeah. and every game that was played in pre-season there was a development, you saw the team getting better yeah. and, but we didn't have that, you know, here in Veen, it was actually, it was like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we're turning up for and a I game. I thought, well, this is, this is the game before, the, the week before, I mean, I, I, I'm ch- funny enough, I was ch- chatting to Rob Mason, you know, the club historian before that game I said, I, you know, the mood seems to be so flat. And you, well, no, I think it's really exciting. I thought, well, it's not. You know, let's yeah. be honest, it's not. It's flat. Mm-hmm. It, this isn't. This isn't the game I want to see before the start of the season. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I wanted the stadium to be bouncing. I want. I'd, I'd have liked to see. Well, I had a conversation about this actually before the Portsmouth game. I'd like to have seen a Leeds or a, yeah. you know, a Championship club who've got a good support yeah. at the stadium of mm-hmm. light. Because that would have, I think that would have got everybody up, and you'd have been. I thought would have been a better game. I think you know, Sunderland would be better off playing teams from the Championship or of, of, of a similar ilk than the preseason they had. Because it was, it was nothing. It didn't, it didn't to me prove anything. It just left them. It seemed to me they were in no man's land and going trying to play this new system. It was just everything was just floating about to me with no real sort of purpose and aim. Yeah. Although what you don't want is another Celtic. No, you don't. <laughs> no, but I don't no. think, I think, you know, in that, that, that whole Celtic championship season, that was on the cards because yeah. the club yeah. was in such disarray yeah. and it was in, definitely, it was such a mess. So we'll go into the, uh, the Pompey game a little bit more. I'm going to use the, the three-word review. So every week we do put out a three-word review and we get responses on our, on our Twitter. Um, so I'll just go through a few. So, Graham wrote a report on um, Ozturk's back pocket. He was, you know, referencing John Marquise, Marquise, however you pronounce it. Turned a corner from Jack Ford, played down Pompey, John Ridley. Um, <laughs> Robert Armstrong, wake up top. Michael Robinson, Wizard of Oz, obviously another Ozturk fan. Um, another Sir Alan Ozturk. So a lot of a lot of Ozturk fans. Not a lot of Willis in there, which was surprising because for me he was, he was our best player on the day. Um, but I'm going to bring this one to you. Yeah. Have we found our new centre-back partnership for the foreseeable? I think as long as they stay fit 100%, they're going to be the the two at the back. And what I like about the pair of them, the kind of different players you've got, Willis, who is a ball player, you know, can break out from the back. I know he hasn't shown it as much this season, but he's a ball player. He's, he looks a special player. And then you've got Ozturk behind him, who's just a defender. And that's all I want in my defenders in League One, to defend. You know, and I am actually a massive fan of Ozturk considering where he was last season. He was out on out on his ear, you know, quite harshly in my opinion. He made, you know, one mistake. Again, Sheffield Wednesday looked a little bit dodgy against Charlton, but the whole team did, bar the second half. Um and Ozturk back in the last season's come in, done brilliantly. Again, start of this season, barely played pre-season, didn't get any games against um, Oxford, and then they brought him in against um Accrington. Yeah, I thought he was excellent then and I thought he was excellent yesterday. Do you think so, it was strange he didn't start the season? Uh, yeah, very much so. I think maybe maybe he's not comfortable playing as a as a three. Mm. Um but I would have I wouldn't have Flanagan anywhere near my team at the mm. minute, considering his form the back end of last season mm-hmm. has continued into this season. So my my two are will be Willis and Ozturk, full of disable. So obviously if we're if we're playing a back four, obviously you need a, a substitute on the bench and that was Flanagan yesterday. Yeah. Would you look at bringing in Baldwin back from the the Maya, or where everybody is? Yeah, exactly. Jack Baldwin is an extraordinary. Yeah. I mean, that is. You go back to last season and Baldwin fell off the cliff, mm, and yeah. we've just not seen him since. It's just now, is it, is it is it is it mental? Is it is it, it you know is that the problem? Is that the issue? Confidence is 
or is you know is, is Jack just not seeing anything in training that that's giving him any confidence? But he's not yeah. even really making the bench. I mean, what's he been made the bench once, twice this season? He was on a bench at Accrington. Other it. than that, yeah. and you know, you think what's happened? Yeah. Um, Flanagan, you know, likewise, Jack did admit in the week. Yeah, he's like Hume, not had the greatest starts of the season. I mean, I, I was pleased that Hume came on against Portsmouth. I thought, mm. good, that's that's good. That, I think that's good management. Get him on for ten minutes, or whatever. So he feels he's back in, yeah, and getting yeah. getting game time again, and he'll, his confidence will come back because uh, he's not a bad defender. I just don't think he started as well as he had last yeah. year when he came in. I mean that that injury at Coventry did derail him, didn't it? I mean because he you know didn't really hit the ground running again when he came back in, but that's probably understandable having been out for so long. So I thought it was great to get him reintroduced. But I and I, mean, I echo everything about Oster. Mm-hmm. You know that man is is. He's a new cult hero. He is. I, he, he is. He's a new, new Aaron Nosworthy. You know, yeah. in, a, in a way. I mean, it's. But you know, he. he I, I admired him for what he. You know, his character last season because he, he came back in at Wimbledon, didn't he? And he the second half there, and he played. He did okay. He played well, and then again disappeared. And but when he did come back in, there was no sort of. Um, he didn't make any sort of derogatory noises about being kept out. He was yeah. full of. You know praise for the way the club has been run the way he'd been handled and he was looking forward to playing he would give all he he, he had to, to you know make sure he stayed in the de- I just think he, him and Willis together look they look solid yeah. and they look that I mean I'm coming back said it earlier it's League One yeah. it, that, <clears throat> and it's what you do at League One and and, and he looks as though he's a natural for for playing in that four, I'm quite. I'm a. I'm a large purveyor of. If you're if you're going to back four, you must keep the same back four if they're all fit, because uh, you can only grow together as a back four if if you're playing. Well, together. I think John McLaughlin has already said this season what he wants to see in front of him is the four, a the same four, yeah. the same players, yeah. Yeah. consistency, and if they can keep that going, um, yeah. Well, tink, I think tinkering that's with the defence is never it, stable it's, for it's any club. It's not. Speaking of which, though, um, obviously we have McLaughlin started left back, and he's a right back. Yeah. Does that speak volumes that Denver Hume didn't start? I think um, it was probably a, a, a confidence thing with Jack Ross. Play um, someone who knows how to play first team football, get him in there, um, give him a full, give him, give him a good whack, and then play, play Denver for the last 10, like Nick says. Mm-hmm. Give Denver mm-hmm. the, a, a crack for the last 10, 20 minutes and uh, build his confidence a bit more because uh, the first two first two games of the season, uh, Denver didn't have the best, uh, best of starts. Uh, against Oxford, he, he looked. It was dynamite up and down the wing. He he kept the ball well, but he just could not find that final that that touch in the final third, which would uh, which would create any sort of chance. Uh, he was lumping things to Rosehead, um, which. But I think there's a player in there, and I think if uh, if Jack Ross is capable of managing his confidence and give him the uh, give him the belief back, he'll be back in the squad and he'll be able to. Well, it's interesting because Jack has said in the summer Denver would be his first choice left back this season. That was the that's the plan. There's a lot of pressure. Do you think that's still the plan? Well, I wonder now because they're obviously trying to get a left back in. Yeah. Yeah. And if they get a left back in who's experienced, then you'd think that they would probably take the shirt. Um, and Hume's there as your uh, as the backup. Yeah, so it's quite um, the U turn though, if you've already told the lad you're going to Yeah, play it is. And um, I think, you know, we'll be coloured now by what's happened in the opening couple of games of the season, which is not Hume's fault that mm. the system changed yeah. and he had to adapt yeah. to play in that system. And, it, and he wasn't the only one who struggled to adapt to that because McLaughlin had a terrible game at Ipswich. You know, there was an argument that both of them could have been... Yeah. You know, <laughs> just not play, been, not play with the left back. <laughs> but, they had, but he had to. And, you know, he's in that situation where that's all he's got. But I think, you know, as you mentioned, McLaughlin's right-sided, so he's not going to be 
that's not going to be the position that he fills this season. I think it you know, then begs the question, if McLaughlin goes back to right back, where does O'Neill go? Mm-hmm. And where does, you know, mm-hmm. it's O'Neill going to find it hard then to get into the midfield because Maguire, McGeady, Gooch, Power, Ledbitter, yeah. Gior, I mean, the, the list goes on and yeah. on. Is he going to force his way into the starting lineup further up the field? It's it, it's going to be interesting. I mean, injuries will play their part. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've already seen straight away McGeoch's picked up a ankle knock. And McNulty as well. He was on the bench. Yeah. Yeah. And McNulty now, he's going to be out, what, hamstring week, two, three? Yeah. We don't know yet. It depends, on, depends on the yeah. severity of the hamstring. But yeah. um, immediately we're three games, four games into the season mm-hmm. and the knocks are starting to come. So speaking um, of McNulty's injury, Wyke a definite starter on Tuesday night? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Wyke, when he came on after 55, 50, 55 minutes, uh, he was just different class. He came on, he, he was the only player on the Sunderland team who I've seen who wanted to get hurt. Mm. It was just put stick his head in. Uh, he, he didn't care. He was going to win that ball regardless. And if he didn't win the ball, he was chasing after it and winning it then. He was going for the seconds. He knew exactly what he was doing and hopefully he can kick on from there and carry on. Back of him and Burgess were together at Middlesbrough, weren't they? They know each other mm. oh, yeah, really yeah. well. <laughs> they know yeah. each other. They're in each other's pocket. They, they're very, very close. Right, in that right. sense, they know each other very well. Right. So I think there was an element of that in there as well. Yeah, I think it was, was all a, over him, wasn't it? Yeah. I, yeah, I noticed last season they had a bit of uh, words, shall yeah. we say, on the pitch. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Well, speaking of, speaking of that, uh, we'll go back to the three-word review. Because um, it's a conversation we've spoken about before. Um, obviously, we've mentioned Jack Ross um, in the system he's played and stuff like that. But I wanted to have a bit more of a deep dive into Ross in general. Because obviously, I think a lot of the conversation, possibly a week ago... Um, I think a lot of people were leaning towards Jack Ross out, whether you know that was right or not. But having looked at this three-word review from from yesterday's result, we've got a couple of trusted Ross, Jack Ross in, etc. So I think I chose you know the fickleness, yeah, or absolutely, or they were already kind of sticking with Ross anyway. But now they feel confident enough to to say so. Um, so I'll take this one to you, and yeah. what was your opinion a week ago, and has it changed? No, I'm I'm a full believer. Even if they were going to get rid of him, they should have got rid of him at the end of the playoff final. Could have been a clean slate there, new manager in pre-season, let him get his players in. Now we've started the season off. You've got you can't just say after two draws, Jack Ross out. You, you can't do it. It's I can understand why the fans are a little bit upset with him because he seems a little bit kind of stuck in his ways a little bit, and because we drew. 1-1 and 1-1, first two games of the season. Had it been 3-3 or 4-4, I think it might have been a little bit different. It's because it was just so much a little bit like last season. But for me, you've, you've got to give a lot. If if, if um, the, the chairman and the owners have said, right, Jack Ross is our man. He said it countless times, Jack Ross is our man. We have got to give him at least till Christmas to you know, try and turn, turn it around and... To be fair to him, yesterday, it's like uh, Nick's um, touched on it. He made some changes yesterday. He changed to a flat back four. You know, he brought Grant back in, uh, a little bit of a comfort zone kind of thing. But at the end of the day, it worked. And we, we beat Portsmouth, who were going to be up there 2 1. Mm. It's fair enough, in my, in my opinion. And you went? I, I, I never wanted him out in the first place. Uh, I think the, the lad obviously has uh, talent. And a managerial capacity, uh, as he's shown in St Mirren, a very what, what were a very small club in Scotland, uh, built them up to the Premier League. I think now, as um, as Sunderland manager, we need to give him time. We can't just keep 
blaming the manager and keep turfing, yeah. turfing managers out and making all these wholesale changes because they're no stability. We can't build yeah. any foundations. The thing is as well, I had, say, say if tomorrow we pull the plug and you know it's not going to happen, but say if they said, right, Jack Ross has resigned or Jack Ross has been sat, who are we going to get in? Who's who's going to come in at the minute or who, who was a better calibre than Jack Ross at the minute? Oh, well, that's, that's it. Um, there's loads of shots for Paul Heckenbottom but they're at the beginning of the season, but he's at Hibs now, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think um, if if we overhaul the management system again, then the the academy essentially gets an overhaul because mm-hmm. they, they, the new manager wants his new system in and then you get the new formations again and everything starts going... Tits up. <laughs> exactly. yeah. uh, again, uh, like we've, we've had well, 10 different managers in 10 seasons. We're absolutely, yeah. it's not the, not, the, not the best record of management that we... Not How long have we got? <laughs> I mean, the, 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 there's a lot been written and said in the last two or three weeks about Jack Ross. And you're right, there is, there is an element who, who don't want him and don't like him. My argument has always been, you look back to last season, was it failure? I don't know. You, you know, the club was in turmoil. They missed out on promotion by six points. Yes, too many draws. Yes, not enough clean sheets. And, you know, you you can, as we've talked about already, you can argue that sometimes Jack Ross is a bit too conservative, a bit too safe. Well, if that was safe last season and they got the number of points that they did and they only just missed out and they went to two Wembley finals, well, well and good. I think what he's proved this week is he has been able to face that challenge of going against the vein of his own character and gambling a bit and admitting that perhaps you know whilst not publicly but by what he's done in demonstrating he's gone to four at the back again and gone to a much more orthodox sort of setup that he can change and he, and and they've won and they you know they haven't lost this season and I just think why why change the manager you believed in last summer who ticked all the boxes and you said at the time you know his CV was outstanding you know, through the season, you know, losing Madger in January, then not being able to get, a, you know, an adequate replacement. Well, that wasn't necessarily Jack Ross's fault. You know, the Madger scenario was a circus yeah, in a way. And, yeah. and that, you know, derailed the, the second half of the season, if you like. But now, you know, we're only a few games in. If you believe the manager in the second season is going to take the club on and forwards and the team on and forwards then you've got a great foundation last season to build on. You've got McNulty in now, and unfortunately he's injured, but he looks lively and sharp. Willis has come in with, looks, you know, a good sort of um, double act with odds to it. Dobson's come in and looks a very, very good midfielder. You know, the players he's brought in, McLaughlin, a bit of a question mark over, but then it's not his fault, he's chopped and changed him. You know, there looks like a team that's, in, you know, only going to get better. Um, if McGeady's kept fit, Maguire's kept fit and consistent. White now looking, you know, like he's the player they thought they bought last summer. Well, why chop and change? Why, you know, go through that whole process again and new manager comes in and changes all the backroom staff, changes the system, the players and so on. There's, there's not a lot wrong. And I think that was proved against Portsmouth. You know, they're back on track, five points out of nine, 43 games left. Plenty of time to, to build on that. Yeah. We touched on big John McLaughlin as well uh, um, earlier. I think uh, yesterday he was back to his best. Um, he's had a few shaky, a bit of a shaky start the season, but yesterday he came for everything. He caught well, everything. He even led back header. Of the, um, you know, the oh, yeah, that's well, that, great that, save. That's that, 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 that was. How that could have been a game changer, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I, McLaughlin, you know, exudes the confidence for the back four to build off and yeah. then the midfields build mm-hmm. off that. And, I always thought, 
Jack Ross was was harshly um, criticised that season because I almost, you know, I think it should have been a free hit in a, in a lot of ways because, like you say, the club was in turmoil. You know, last summer transfer wise was just an anomaly. It was just a case of get whoever we can. I mean, ironically, you know, Ozturk was the first signing. And I think there were question marks for a while, but now he's, you know, like you say, he's one of our best players now. Um, see, this transfer business, I don't think, I don't know if people don't quite understand how it works because Jack's not in charge of no. transfers. No. He basically says, I want a player of this ilk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sends it to the team. And Richard Hill and Tony Coton then go and find players of that ilk. Mm-hmm. So it's not like old fashioned, it used to be the manager's on the phone to whoever I want, I like him, I like him, can you can come in? It's not, it doesn't work like that. And I think, I think there's a flaw in that system. Because I think it's taken control away from the manager, and I like, I would have liked to seen Jack says himself he would like to have had a budget. Mm-hmm. If he's got a budget, he knows exactly. If he's if he's got a budget, he says I can spend. If I say to X striker, I'll give you four hundred pounds a week. I know then I've got only a hundred pounds a week left for my left back or whatever. But I can work in that system. But at the minute, he hasn't got control of the budget. Hasn't got control of who's coming in, who's going out, and that actually is I think is a flaw, and that doesn't help the manager. Is he not in the team. discussion? He must be in. An, he, he must be in the discussion as mm-hmm. to who they'd like to mm-hmm. get. But I think once that's taken out of his hands, it's a, you know, it, I, to me, I think it's not ideal. Mm-hmm. I'd rather see the manager be in control of that budget and right. in control of who comes in, and goes yeah. out, much more hands-on than it is at, you know, it's mm-hmm. interesting about, you know, the flack that Jack gets. One of the criticisms that's been levelled at him was that he stands on the touchline with his hands in his pockets and he's not very demonstrative. Yeah. Well, I watched Kenny Jackett yesterday. <laughs> exactly. Kenny Jackett does exactly the yeah. same. Stands there with his arms folded, hands in his pockets. Probably says less. And probably says less. Yeah. So why? So that criticism is just fatuous mm-hmm. as far yeah. as I'm concerned. It's got no bearing on... As Jack says, it's pointless ranting and raving. They can't hear you anyway. Yeah. 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 It's, it's all for the crowd. And there yeah. are certain managers, Carl Robinson's one that does it because he knows it'll get the crowd. Paul Lambert does it because mm-hmm. he knows he'll get the crowd on his side mm-hmm. for doing it. But actually, there's no justifiable reason for it. Mm-hmm. Players can't hear him. Yeah. Once they're out on the pitch, it's down to the yeah. captain and whoever's on the pitch to start making the noise. And I honestly I never notice what he does because I'm watching the players. Yeah, exactly. You know, I just don't know why it's a point. It's the telly, know. isn't it? It's TV. It's becoming... That's yeah. one of the reasons why he can't manage the club. That's another... Come on. Yeah. Mm. Well, what we need is Jurgen Klopp who's going to win. But I think a lot of it is perspective though, isn't it? I mean, and, and the fine margins in, in football as well because, like you say, if we win the Czech Trade final, if we win the player final, Jack Ross is a, is a hero. He's an absolute legend of the club. Um, and obviously, yes, both games we lost. But even at the start of this season, I think if we... I mean, we were talking about it earlier. If we were to have uh, beaten Oxford, yeah. drew with Ipswich, drew with Pompey, you're kind of thinking that's all right. Actually, we beat who we expected mm. to, and mm. we took points off two pe- two teams that are going to be up there at the end of the season. Well, another another interesting, pos- sorry, sorry. Uh, carry on, Nick, well, another else. interesting one is the um, the Checker Trade Trophy final. Mm. If Sunderland had won the Checker Trade Trophy final and not gone up, what do you think the reaction would have been? Mm. You know, pretty much yeah, yeah. still would have been yeah. Portsmouth won it and didn't go up, mm-hmm. and here we are, Sunderland Portsmouth playing each exactly. other in the same division. Yeah. Actually, looking back. I quite like to have won it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, Definitely. because you're at Wembley, you want to win there. Yeah, yeah. I kind regardless, of want to win it regardless of whether they went up or not. Yeah, in isolation, I wanted to go to Wembley and win. Let's have a cup. No, let's yeah. have a, let's well, have a trophy. That's the thing. Should we focus on it again this season, or or is it just just promotion? Because th- we only got, just missed out. I think we've we got, got the. the, uh, the I think we've got the fringe players to get us up there anyway, get us towards the final. Mm. Regardless, um, the fringe players will be desperate to prove to Jack Ross that. Um, they need to play first-team football. 
Um, you put them in a check the trade trophy game, slap them in against Newcastle's under 23s, hammer them 6 0 or whatever. <laughs> well, this is the thing. <laughs> I mean, it's a good point because this year he could play. I mean, like, going back to that Accrington game and he made six changes, he could have made 11 mm. yeah. and still rested his first team. And I'm thinking, yeah. you know, there's nothing to stop them now. And the way the rules are, he could do it. I mean, because he did, he made 11 changes at Morecambe in the group stages last year. You could field the second team, if you like and give all those players a run out yeah. without having any impact on the first team. And and then, okay, last season, he did go with his strongest 11 at Bristol Rovers, which was understandable last season. Well, this season, if you get that far, we'll still keep the, the second team. Yeah, Ultimately, going. nobody's going to lose any sleep if they don't get to Wembley this year because promotion is the is be-all and end-all now. Mm-hmm. But at least you know, if you're in the competition and you're, and, you're, and you're making progress in it, it's like going to Burnley on Wednesday week. Yeah, you make changes. You're not thinking you're going to beat Burnley. They'll make loads of changes. But if you go through, all well and good. Yeah. Address the next game when you come it's to it. It's pretty good, doesn't it? It's pretty lovely night out. with Burnley, though, because you can be confident they're going to make a lot of changes. Do you not go for it and think, let's take a scalp and then build on that momentum? I think it's a bit. Uh, I think a little bit naive to think that it's possible to beat a side like Burnley when we've dropped off so much in the last three, four years. Um, I think uh, I mean just just uh, personally myself watched us play Oxford and then I watched a championship game I think it was West Brom Nottingham mm-hmm. Forest and I thought we are so far away from yeah. this at the minute yeah. um, that if we got promoted last season they, we would not have enjoyed this well, season yeah, at all that's another conversation entirely isn't it because <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll be honest I thought Charlton would have struggled Yeah, and yeah. yet they're doing very yeah, you're well you're absolutely so right yeah, fair enough it's a funny one but when you're right you're right I mean because I, I still see people saying talking about us like getting back to the Premier League and stuff which is obviously the ultimate goal yeah. but then I just think well, we're not even in the Championship yeah. right? it's, it's, um, it's a and, long way away I think and the gap between League 1 and Championship is massive and it's only growing further and further do you think Newcastle are enjoying the Premiership at the minute I can't absolutely not absolutely not I can't imagine we'd enjoy being up there either and I, and I think time we are Derby in the Championship is, is uh, possible sounds, sounds beautiful season. to me very sounds possible absolutely beautiful which is going to be interesting in I think we've got five points more than this season as well we're flying well <laughs> that's true that's true I'm quite happy just not to have VAR in the, uh, I'm happy not being in the Premier League I'll say that I'll 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 love VAR I think VAR's the greatest invention in the world I'll have nothing said bad about it I'll love it it's great it's full TV isn't it oh, it's terrific armchair stuff so we still got a couple of weeks roughly of the transfer window um I'm interested to know what what you fellas think in terms of which positions we need to improve. I mean, obviously, left-back's in it left back, uh, yeah. is the obvious one. Um, but do we need any strength anywhere else in the, in the team? And if so, is there anyone you've got your eye on or anything anything like that? Left-back is an, a must. I still think there's a little bit at the back of my mind that they need someone else up front. Mm-hmm. I just Especially with the, with, 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 with the McNulty situation, yeah. Griggs clearly in the moment is just not it's just not happening for him. Mm. Wyke, okay, but you know, always the, the fear with Wyke is going to pick up an injury and I think that's, you know, odds on he probably will. So I think they just, they, 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 it would be quite nice to have someone else in there to know, I know Watmore's to come back, but then Watmore's not an out-and-out goal scorer. He's not a striker and and he, again, I think is proving injury prone and I think the chances are, you know, of him having, a, you know, a run of games is probably 50-50. So I, I wouldn't mind seeing, I think midfield, you yeah, so it's so full that I don't think that's an issue. But um, do we need another centre back? I'm interested. You know this Flanagan Baldwin thing. I mean the Burnley game. We were just talking about that. I'd like to see one of them or both of them play in that game because I think you know if Baldwin's got an issue with confidence or there's something not quite right. He needs to play. If Flanagan 
you know, it's, it's, it, it didn't in the end go well for him. But to start with, he was okay. I think he needs games. I would I would play them against Burnley, not risk Willis Nosturk, keep them fit, keep them fresh, um, and give players like that an opportunity to, you know, have you know to, to try and get game time and in, in a proper game, you know, not a under twenty threes or a behind closed doors game, just to give them try and get some confidence back into because with Baldwin he was Peterborough captain. He know, was. So... It, 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 I'm amazed at Baldwin because, you know, he had everything, all the attributes to really. You know, got step up a level, and and he he hit he just hit the buffers, didn't he? Just, yeah. It just hit the wall. It just and he's changed. Just, and he just looked like an overnight change as well, didn't it? Like from one game, he's he's I thought he was championship level when we signed. Yeah, he's absolutely. a fantastic player. Went down to Gillingham, I think, away, and he just looked a cut. He looked a cut above, and then I just don't know. I really don't know what's going on. It's it's either something with him or something that he's been managed wrong, possibly, but. But I think, I mean, in terms of managed, I mean, he said when he was taken out at Christmas that Jack put an arm around him, had a long conversation with him, and and Jack had and Jack Baldwin had no problem with it. He said, "I was actually, I understood exactly all the reasons, and it was the right thing to do, and I have nothing, you know, no complaints about that." But then he's taken out again, and he's just disappeared. Yes, there he has gone. So you know. I will ask Jack about it probably tomorrow. You know, head of the Rochdale game. You know what? You know, where's Jack Baldwin? <laughs> Did he play a lot in pre-season? I must admit, I didn't. No, he didn't. So again, he didn't because yeah. the three was was Flanagan, um, McLaughlin, uh, oh, and Willis. Yeah, which is interesting because you think, well, pre-season, everyone, everyone gets a, goal, yeah. gets a chance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And especially when you're building on. That's why I thought it was interesting. Ozturk didn't play a lot either because the idea of. You know, we were going with this back at the three. Let's give Osterk and, and Baldwin some games in this three to get used to it. But it was, uh, he seemed to make the decision. And I suppose I'm going back to the stubbornness almost of this is my three. This is what we're going to play every game. But it's interesting because Embleton's another one. You know, he, yeah, what's he, up? He, yeah, you know yeah. I, fair enough, he had a good pre season. But then he elects to play him against Oxford and uh, he did all right. I mean, but he didn't pull up trees. And then there'd be reasons for that. Mm. But now, where's what's. Embleton's future now this season he'll be frustrated if he's not playing games because the reason he signed a new contract and he thinks he's now pushed into the first team squad and he's playing with the first in you know, the first team but if he's not going to get opportunities will he be knocking on the door saying actually I'll be better off if I'm sent out on loan somewhere yeah, for yeah. six months to, to, yeah. to play I think it's similar for Mickey Yuck as well I worry that he's probably lost his spot now because you know last season he was, he was playing quite well and then he lost his spot and then just wasn't brought back in I'm almost looking at yesterday's game as is he just going to stick with power and Edbitter now? I think now when that's you worked. Win, I think when you win, you've got to stick to same eleven. Mm. I, I'm, I'm a huge purveyor of that. So you're going you same stick, eleven against Rochdale. Stick with it, apart from well, obviously, from obviously with the injuries. Yeah. Wait, uh, yeah, yeah, but, um, but, but got to stick white up there. But I think um, just uh, you need to build momentum, and you've got the same eleven in. They've won a game. Keep going. Win again. Keep going, and just hope. I, they I keep agree. Going. You've got to build. Com- you've got to build confidence in that team. Consistency. Confidence. And keep doing the same things, and it's like that. What's the old mantra? If you keep doing it, you know, you, in the end, it becomes second intuitive for them. Yeah. And that's what this team's got to be now. This season is intuitive. They've mm. got to. I think that's the disappointment. I think for a lot of people is they didn't in League One. You know, what you're going to do is you want to be a Luton or a Barnsley. Who I actually, you know, take my hat off to both of them last season because I thought when they lost the manager, that would be, you know. But then you thought, well, actually, they don't have to change anything. Mick doesn't have to do anything. Yeah. The template's there. They just do what they do. And it's exactly what Luton did to the end of the season. Just do what they do. 
And Barnsley, I thought, well, I wonder what happened with Kiefer Moore getting injured. But no, didn't change a thing. No. They just steamrolled it. You, you, can, you always knew that every time you looked at Barnsley's result, you knew they were going to win 2-0, 3-0, 2 3 Even this season it in the Championship, just, they lose just, their two yeah. centre-halves. I mean, they're, they're, they're quite well-known to be good you know, recruiters anyway, but they bring in two brand-new centre-halves and it's like... And that's what I want to see for Sunderland this season now. I want to see them take this 11, beat Portsmouth 2-1, go to Rochdale, win 2-3. Bit of consistency. Yeah, AFC Wimbledon at home, beat them 2 or 3. Mm-hmm. Just start making a statement that we are a League One team that yeah. knows how to play in this mm-hmm. level and they'll go up. So I want to touch on the league and a wider general. Um, I think obviously we're only three games in, you can't read too much into it. But I think there's been some interesting results and I think some teams are perhaps doing better than some some thought and, and some teams are certainly doing a lot worse than some thought. Um, are there are there teams, other teams that we should be looking at as as our competitors? Simon Grayson's Blackpool. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, I think it's straight away I'm thinking Paul Tisdale will do a job at MK Dons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The Cowleys will do a job at Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Simon will do a job at Blackpool. Yeah. Carl Robinson will do something at Oxford because that's Carl Robinson. Yeah. Mark Robbins will do something at Coventry. Well, I mean, so look at Oxford. They're so much better than they were yeah. uh, the back end of last season. It's whether they've got the consistency over the season to do it and the problems they've got ongoing off the field yeah. might mm-hmm. actually impact them. Mm-hmm. And that might be the same, could be said of Coventry. But, I, you know, I, we have this debate about whether this season it would be as strong as last season with all those teams at the top, Doncaster, mm. Peterborough, Barnsley, Luton, Sunderland, Portsmouth. I think it will be as strong at the top this time around yeah, because yeah. I think those, you know, you 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 know, those teams I've just mentioned, they'll be the teams that replace. Yeah, Doncaster will yeah. still do a good job. Peterborough will still be. There it just doesn't about. look as strong on paper. It doesn't look as strong, on paper. but that's that's our. I, I think it doesn't look as strong on paper because we're looking at the clubs, yeah, and yeah. who they are, yeah. rather than the clubs and who they've got, yeah. yeah, yeah, managing them. Well, I think a lot of Sunderland fans, as you kind of mentioned there, look at Blackpool with Simon Grayson and think, ah, oh, no chance. But, but I think a lot of Tulla fans forget he's, he is a very good manager. Absolutely. He's a very good league one And they're on a high. Well. The fans yeah. are on a high. Yeah. The club's on a high. Yeah. He's got something to prove. Yeah. Yeah. It, the mix is absolutely... It just makes sense. Yeah. I mean, if you didn't feel sorry for Blackpool before, um, you'll be over the, overjoyed for them um, with the turnaround that's happened anyway, yeah. with si- even with Simon Grayson in charge. Yeah. Uh, as, as furious as that might make it as a Sunderland fan. I must admit, I don't really hold any ill will against no, Simon Grayson. No, me either. I just thought he was, 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 was in the wrong place yeah, at the time. Absolutely, I, mean, I think he would have been a great manager. I, I still feel time. sorry for the way, you know, to, to get the sack after a three-all draw with yeah. Bolton at home. I mean, yeah. it was slightly yeah. sort of, um, and bearing in mind, you know, we've all watched Netflix and we've all mm-hmm. seen it all, how it, how that season unraveled behind the scenes. You, you've got to feel sorry for him because yeah. he was yeah. always, the, you know, caught in the middle of it. Yeah, well, I think um, I think with Lincoln on a never-ending bounce upwards. Well, the Cowleys, yeah. like you know, I think that it's the Luton phenomenon. Yeah, yeah. you know, they, they're on a roll. Yeah. They're good. They are good coaches. Do you think they'll fall away? I'm not sure. I'm it's, not sure. It's momentum, isn't it? If you can carry yeah, on the momentum. If you're winning games, if yeah. you're winning games, you've scored eight. They've, they've conceded none. <laughs> it's a three game. Not it's an impressive either. start. Just not scared. It's an impressive start, and you know they they clearly are a fit for that club. I mean, it's yeah. interesting at what point. Do they say we want a bigger club or we want to to move on? I don't mm. know. I mean, Portista was mm. one that, you know, I know him well at Exeter. He had ten years there, and he was, you know, there were overtures made from the Premier League, but he was happy at Exeter. And and you know, are the Cowleys the same? Are they? Do they 
with a half you know? come out and they've already came out and said that they're very happy at Lincoln. Yeah, I, so, I, I mean, just think I wonder if they are of that Tisdale ilk. You know, yeah. they'll be they're, they're very. I find they're very clever with what they say though. I think before the season they're like, oh no, promotion is not a is not an option here. Well, yeah. they're bright, um, but I think deep down they know that it is. But they are incredible. They're, they're linked with absolutely everything. Though. Yeah. As soon as someone gets the sack, the Cowley brothers are top of yeah. that list, aren't they? Yeah. I'll throw a name out there for the Cowleys, and everyone's saying like, oh, they should go here, they should go there. Eddie Howe at Bournemouth. Yeah, do you know Eddie Howe just take the words out went of to mouth. Burnley, yeah. didn't he? And then it never worked. He went yeah. back to Bournemouth. Look where Bournemouth are now. Yeah, you see, I think the Cowley's not, not unlike Eddie Howe. Yeah. You know, he's he's ingrained at Bournemouth. He, yeah. knows, he knows everything from the you know the caretakers cupboard through to the manager's office because he he came through the youth system. He ran the development mm. squads. Mm. He ran. He's taken them from the bottom of the football league to the yeah. Premier League. He's, it, it's yeah. Eddie Howe, you know, AFC. Yeah. It's, it, and I think the Cowleys aren't unlike that. Yeah. It's they can ask for whatever they want as well from Lincoln. You it's know, the, from what they've done, they can say right, we want this, that, and the other. And Lincoln will have to find a way to give them it. Yeah. Well, it's a it, nice yeah. setup there. Yeah, it's a nice stadium. It's got plenty of room for expansion. It's got, you know, they've got. You know, in a sense, if you're, if you're the Cowleys and you've looked at what Eddie Howe has done, and you could sit back and say, "Look, we can we could achieve this. We can do that." I mean, the only thing is, Lincoln's what's their supporter base is probably not mm-hmm. vast because they're in you know in a bit of the hinterland. You know, really. I mean, it's sort of, what's their catchment area? It's you know they've been starting to impinge on Hull, and yeah. but nobody there's not not really vast support. There for them in the long run, but that mm. might be the you know Norris Bournemouth, you know. So maybe so, that's the model for them. Do you think we have to start looking at some games a bit differently? Do you think we have yeah. to look at, you know, cause, I mean, a lot of people had Peterborough up there at the start of the season. They're in twentieth with a with a single point. Um, do we have to start looking at the Blackpool games and the Lincoln games as our competitors, as yeah, our big yeah, games? Absolutely. Um, you know, not not having this this kind of oh, that's just Blackpool. Oh, it's just Lincoln. You but know, I think no, you're right because I think, I think going to Rochdale on Tuesday, another yeah. one don't just say, "Oh, it's Rochdale." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look what happened at Rochdale, you know, last yeah. season. They yeah. just about got away with it. Yeah, because those teams. That's this is again Rochdale's mm-hmm. big night. They're mm-hmm. going to love Sunderland coming. Mm-hmm. To and there's Wimbledon on Saturday and as Wimbledon, well. Who, you know, who, they uh, love it. Such a good form it. at the back end of last season. They should have been relegated, but they flew. They, they managed to battle the way up, and now they're on a they're on they're on a bit of run of form mm-hmm. in the league, and we can't we can't take anybody lightly anymore. No. Um, I mean, you look at Oxford. I was I was one of them. I was one who went in naively thinking, "Oh, we're going to yeah. pace them absolutely." Yeah. But and then you realise it's, it's a game of football, and it's eleven on eleven, and it's, well, you, you know, it is it is and as well. But I think I think a lot of these clubs, they're fighters. Yeah, you know? absolutely. A I think we workers. mentioned it on the um, on the podcast we did after the Oxford game. They came there for a bit of a fight. Yeah, they came yeah. there to kind of get in our faces and mess it up. And my biggest worry, and we'll do that this season, and yeah. Wimbledon will probably do all, it on yeah, Saturday all and... of them. And I don't think we've really learned from that. I think, I think it... Sunderland this season have got to be, they've got to have an extra ten percent, yeah. mentally yeah. this season, and just be a bit nasty, and be a bit yeah. nasty, a bit more. You Stick know, elbows out. You learn. <laughs> yeah, they, they've got to look back at last season and learn mm-hmm. from those games, and got to think right when we go to Rochdale, stamp authority on the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and and with that little that it's you know we talked earlier about it said fine margins and it is fine margins but that fine margin is having that ten percent extra now this season to take it that next step up and that could be that ten percent extra could be your six points that you didn't go up with last yeah. season yeah. yeah three wins as opposed to three yeah. draws yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll just we'll finish we'll start to finish up now um, we'll talk about the the Rochdale game on Tuesday I want from everyone. Um, prediction of side you don't have to give me the whole 11 but uh, you know 
kind of formation, any changes from the last game, and a score prediction as well. Okay. Well, I'll probably stick with Wyke instead of McNulty. Obviously, that's the one change I would make. Um, and as we've pointed on, you can't change a winning team. So I would stick with that 11. Um, hopefully, it's a win because I'm going. So I'm going to set for, as Nick's pointing out, it's going to be a difficult game. Mm-hmm. And they've got a striker in uh, Henderson. Who is an excellent League One striker? So we've got to be on our on our best performance, really. But I think when they get, I think it'll be three-one something. I'm stick. I'd stick with the same eleven. Obviously, can't take we can't play McNulty with his hamstring injury. So Hoy White in there instead. Um, we'll take. Um, well, we'll take uh, Willis and Ozturk at the back, and I think uh, they'll just roll on from what they've done yesterday. Uh, I think we'll keep a clean sheet and we'll win two 0 So I'm taking. First clean sheet of the season. That's what I'm taking. I'm, I'm, I'm so Jack Ross is after, isn't he? <laughs> I hope so. There's nothing I want more than a clean sheet. I mean, being a goalkeeper myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just love, love yeah. a good clean sheet. It's like, it's like scoring that, Rick. <laughs> yeah, I'm a striker, so I just want to score more goals. I concede. <laughs> yeah. I'm in the other way. I'm yeah, I want to win like, every game 4-3. Yeah, I'm kind of like I'm That's right what we were doing kind of the first half of last season. More we than okay games 3-1, 3-2. Fun to watch. We were, yeah, we were scoring more goals, and that's why I thought we kind of let off last season hunting for this clean sheet yeah it doesn't matter if you score more goals than somebody else entertainers yeah I I echo everything you just said yeah that's it I'm I'm in agreement with all that perfect 2-0 and one change yeah that'll do see I would I would put Dobson back in personally Mm. I I would but I don't think he's going to change with this don't change a winning team no I feel sorry for Dobson because I think I would as I said before I'd like to have seen Power and Dobson Mm -hmm. as that but it's too if, if things aren't for Jack, I think if things aren't working out, gamble. Bring him on. Well, I think yes. I think that's another thing. He, he will he, he he may well prove to be a very very good impact sub, mm-hmm. and I think that's another thing, probably worth mentioning from the weekend is the bench now looks like you can mm. arguably have you know you've got game changers on the bench. Yeah. Um, I think we can have to. It will we have at some point we'll have to address that McGeady and Maguire are not going to play forty six games this season. No. Because it's just not yeah. in their DNA to do it. So, you know, they're, 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 at some point they've got to be changed. But when you've got players like Dobson, Embleton, etc., whoever it might be, I think you've got the wherewithal to, to be more flexible and change it. Yeah. Take a little bit going back to the um, when we're on about the transfers. Mm-hmm. And I would like to sign a, maybe a, a young, quick winger from a Premier League or a Championship club. A little loan. Uh, yeah, nice yeah. little loan. You know, stick him on the bench and when either Maguire or McGeady's got a little I'd bit have of liked, um, Did Ella Bakari go anywhere from yeah. uh, Coventry last season? Yeah. I'm not sure he went to Wigan, I think. I think he went to Wigan. Yeah, he's yeah. in the Championship. Yeah. Yeah. And I've also liked consistent. Woodburn from um, from Liverpool. That was an excellent Chris Coleman tried to get him, didn't he? Yeah. But I mean, going back to the you know the consistency factor as well is another issue, I think, is if you are winning games and you're getting the momentum going, Changes you make to the team don't make a huge amount of difference. And you mentioned Barnsley and then changing the two centre backs and they just carried on. Yeah, that's what happens when you've got a winning team. Yeah, you can you can change players and they will just it, it will just they will slot in and carry on. Yeah, and that disruption's not palpable. But if you're if you're con- constantly changing it, then it has you know an, an impact. It does. Can only be detrimental. Yeah, can it can only be detrimental. Well, we'll find out on Tuesday. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. 
Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.